Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, and the brand new Bad Boss Brief. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not the Face podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC 284. But first, we are going to look back on how we did on last night's card. And I need to make a, a quick little announcement. If you would like to sponsor this show or any of the Bloody Elbow shows, please contact me crooklyn949 at gmail.com. And if you are a person who is great with ad sales, please contact me as well because Bloody Elbow is looking for a dedicated ad sales rep. Moving forward, we are going to break down last night's card. Actually, we're just going to take a look at the picks uh, that mattered. We picked two fights, but there are four I'm going to speak on really, really fast. First being Tatsuro Taira defeating Jesus Aguilar. This kid is 23 years old. The composure that he displayed when he was in that very, very, very tight guillotine was amazing. And then the way that he turned that fight around in the blink of an eye. The transition from the from the triangle to into the armbar was chef's kiss, kiss beautiful. That's like sub of the year material right there. Gentlemen, did you get to see it? I did send you a link in our little group chat. I didn't need to get I didn't need your link. I saw it with my own eyes. Awesome. And um, it was pretty I felt like tapping for him when I could see <laughs> the back of his spine. <laughs> but you know what? Situ situational awareness is really important. And I think when he felt the cage to his back, he's like, ah, guy's got nothing. I'm breathing here. I can ride out the whole round here. And that causes like a, 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 a crisis of confidence. Mm. So it was, uh, he's spending a lot of time doing jujitsu to his benefit. It was cool. Cool to see. Yeah, he is definitely champion material for sure. Uh, you, uh, John, what did you think? Well, I watched this fight. I did exactly what I planned to do. I, I turned it on. I saw this fight. I left. I went out for the night. I came back. And guess what? Spivak was walking to the cage. It was perfect timing. So that's all I saw was the first fight of the card and the very last. And he's the guy we said he was. We knew he was going to roll through this person. We knew he, I mean, this is a serious, serious heavy duty prospect. We're looking at one of the big, the big future stars of the sport. And uh, so I, I don't know what the odds of this fight were. I'm sure they were astronomical, and it's it's hard to argue it was a care in the sense that it was a relevant fight. But the guy, like he's those one of those prospects, you should be paying attention to him, and that's why I cared about him. And you know, he did exactly what I expected. 
just uh, Jesus Aguilar wasn't a bad um, wasn't a bad prospect to pair him up with. He was actually just right, and he was known for his guillotines. I mean, I, this was his bread and butter, and Tatsuro got caught up in that that guillotine too. And just the composure, man, that was just beautiful. Very, very, very good prospect here. And he, when you have him paired against a guy like that, you expect him to blow through guys like that. It's not until he gets into higher ranked territory that we're going to see uh, what he's made of. But I think this guy's got cha champion written all over him. Now I'm going to mention two other fights. One, Rinya Nakamura defeating... <laughs> Uh, Toshiomi Kazama, Rinya Nakamura is somebody we need to keep an eye on. That dude is good. And his knockout of Kazama is like knockout of the year candidate. I mean, the way he face planted that guy was oof. I mean, that was a scary knockout. And the way that the guy, I mean, yes, the guy sort of walked right into it, but it was just a, a real showcase of power. So I love that one. And then the other one I wanted to speak on was Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. Yep. Duho Choi yep. should have won that fight. That was a bullshit point to be taken. Sorry, I, yep. I, I do not, um, I do not stand with the people that say that the point was okay. I don't think it was. Duho Choi should have won outright. Anybody? Yep. I, I know you're agreeing with me, Eugene. How about you, John? Did you even see any of the clips? I I, I didn't see that fight at all, so I can't I can't comment. So. All right. And finally, the last fight we're going to speak on. Sergey Spivak absolutely decimating Derek Lewis. I think it's time yeah. that we um, adjust ourselves to the fact that Derek Lewis isn't fighting uh, at top five level anymore. Yeah, it was what? a tough night. It was a tough night all around for team old guy. Mm -hmm. So... He's. I don't even know top ten. Probably he's not even arguing about this point. The way yeah. he looked last night, he it's, got washed, yeah. just, just recycled. Mm -hmm. You know, he did his. I, I was impressed. He was able to stand up again, but yeah. that didn't help him. So yeah, yeah. But you know what? None of us should be acting so surprised, right? I mean, he's managed to surprise us because he's managed to take out guys who kind of forgot how to fight. But it's not like his his grappling has gotten any better, nope, right? not at all. I mean, dude, Spivak is a combat uh, sambo master. I mean, you had to know somewhat it was going to go like that, and you it's like a, you know, a palm to the forehead moment where you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Derek Lewis's ground game is crap. Oh, yeah, how do we forget? Well, because he's been really heavy and big and been able to, like, you know, maneuver that into, like, fantastic knockouts. So he loses the weight, so he's got the cardio, and now he's being tossed around like guys he used to toss around, can't get the knockout, and this is a wave of the future. You know, he's opened the door into his skill set. People are not going to stop doing what that Spivak did, so maybe it's time at 37. 37's old, and he's got like 24, I want to say, UFC fights. I could be – I checked the other day, and I can't remember now, but I think it's like in the 20s. He's got a lot – a lot of mileage. It's you know. I mean, he. I, I don't want to tell you what the guy was good. He could knock people out, but I think he's crossed the point where, I, partly maybe he doesn't mentally just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, he's he's getting he's there for the big the paycheck he can get now, but his I, the motivation's probably not there because he's not looking at a big title fight or some big fight that's going to pay him a lot more. So it's like I'm here. I'm going to collect my whatever the UFC contract gets says, which is probably pretty good for what he's for losing. Does he settle into the role of executive gatekeeper 
or does he go screw that i'm out no 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 he'll stay an executive gatekeeper and let me tell you why dana white came out at the presser and said Derek lewis is great he's not going anywhere so we have another Good. sam alvey situation I'm not really cool with watching him lose like this, though, and taking up a spot that somebody else could be taking up. So if they're going to keep Derek Lewis around, I hope it's not executive level gatekeeping. I hope it's lower level gatekeeping. Maybe uh, he's gatekeeping the the guys out of the rankings. Maybe that's his new position. Right. How many, how, how many fights does Lewis have left on his contract? Anybody know? Probably like, I, I think he said he's probably got three or four probably. So my guess is they give him the, the better guys and they let him go out on a massive losing streak because the alternative, if, if he, if they cut him, they let him go or, or, you know, fights yeah, his way out is that's a guy you, that's a guy you could put against Nganu that yeah. has a name value. And yeah. if you give him a couple wins, he has a win over Ngato too. Yeah. So you might be able to put on a fight with him. That's not, so they're not letting him go. Yeah. Huh. Um, All right. So another question, which, which felt worse, Fedor uh, in terms of the team old guy or the Derek Lewis fight, which made you feel worse? Fedor. Um, only because yeah. I, I've loved them for many, many years and have considered him to be the goat, uh, the heavyweight yeah. goat. For me, I don't think there's an there's a, a heavyweight goat out there with the kind of resume that that Fedor have and the kind of legacy that that resume inspired at the time and now. Yes, I know that the the television rankings weren't that great, but the the gate was probably massive for Bellator. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Definitely Fedor. It's a. I mean, I don't think people realize people that are newer to the sport when he came to America with affliction, uh, and showed up at those pond fights. Like a lot of UFC fighters were there, and just the awe hush when he'd walk out. They don't people would get on their chairs to get a glimpse of him. He was but like a mystical figure to everybody. That wasn't his nope. first. That wasn't his first foray. No, he fought. He, no, he fought in Pride and, and Vegas. But I said when right. he came to America yeah. with Affliction, an American promotion. Right, but it was it was just it was Affliction. He fought with too, Pride in 2016 in Vegas. Then 2008 was the first Tim Sylvia Affliction show. 2006, not 16. No, 2006. Pride, Vegas. Right, right. But you said 16. I'm just letting you know. You said oh, uh, yeah, we got to check the record on that. I don't yeah, think I did, you did. So. <laughs> Anyways, back to this fight. Uh, the, the one last thing I wanted to mention was I noticed they put up a, um, a factoid about Sergey Spivak that I did not know. He has the highest takedown percentage in the entire UFC right now at 63% um, finish rate on his takedown. So that was also something that Derek Lewis probably should have paid attention to, his team something. So uh, because he, he immediately got spammed with takedowns, just boom, boom. I mean, he was Sergey Witt was a man on a mission. There's no denying it. Um, I like his backstory too. Yeah, and I also I want to mention one other thing. For the past couple of fights that Sergey's won by big knockout, especially going back to the Greg Hardy fight, he has begged, demanded, pleaded for a bonus. He fi- the third time was the charm because he finally got his bonus last night so good for him and now we're going to move on to ufc 284 so eugene you know what we need crybabies bedwetters greedy bread gobblers work shy individuals fault finders malingerers this has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter and much more to do with the marketing heft and weight put behind you by the overlords that are now no longer failed ipo folks at endeavor 
the bald one and or the oofsy. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight until then. Don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. So as always, we are working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. Anyways, uh, Zubaira Tuhulov taking on Elvis Brenner. I don't know who Elvis Brenner is, so I'm going to pass on this. Yes, I am. John, are you going to pass on this as well? Uh, yeah, according to Fight Matrix, he's the 455th ranked lightweight. So, yes, I will pass on that. And he'll be fighting at featherweight. So there's that as well. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Eugene? And I don't care. All right. I don't care. I don't care. Next up, Blake uh, Blake Builder taking on Shane Young. Do not care. You, I'm gonna take take Eugene's pick for him. He doesn't care. How about you, John? Don't care. I don't care. Yes, I know. I, I've already <laughs> I've already noted for you. <laughs> now here we've got one of John's favorite women, Loma Lupunmi, is taking on Elise Reed. That's a pretty decent fight. Strawweight. Do you care? Oh, I do. I yes, I do. I care mostly because I loved her. Also, I picked her because uh, I like that she, in hindsight, that she came on and made comments about Bolsonaro, a person I do not like. So, yeah. Uh, yep. So I am picking that fight, and I am going to take. God dang it! I guess I am going to. I'm going to take Loma, taking Loma. All right. I'm sticking yep. with sticking with the lady that brought me here. All right. Yeah. Likewise. All right, and Eugene as well. I'm going to pass. Don't care. All right, next up, Jack Jenkins versus Don Shanus. Do not care. Um, I'm going to guess that neither of you guys do as well. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'm not familiar with them, so no. All right, next up, Francisco Prado taking on Jamie Malarkey at 155. Don't care. I don't care. Right. I, I, I almost do because the name Malarkey, but besides that, no, don't care. All right. Uh, let's see here. Clitson Rodriguez or Rodriguez, excuse me, taking on Shannon Ross. Do not care. How about y'all? No, no, uh, no, 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 don't care. Yeah, lots of local names here, obviously, because um, this is going to happen in Perth, Australia. So saving money on the commute. Exactly. All right. Next up, Joshua Kulibau taking on Melsic Bagdasarian. Um, decent enough fight, but it's not highly enough ranked for me to care. But this this would be the territory where things start getting spicy. I'm not going to recommend it, though, but the, I'll be sitting here watching it. I need to see it. How about you guys? I'm not I'm not caring, but I'll be watching. No, yeah. I don't care. All right. Yeah, I'm not, not going to be a care for me. All right. Next up, Modestus Bukowskis taking on Tyson Pedro. Uh, this doesn't matter. It is at 205. It's not ranked. Don't care. Oh, oh light. Oh, God. A beautiful light heavyweight fight like this. Really relevant. No, don't care. <laughs> nope. All right. No, stakes, Next... are, stakes are too high. I don't care. All right. Next up, Jimmy Crute taking on Alonzo Minifield. We are into the main card. This is the curtain jerker of the main card. I don't give a shit about it, though. It doesn't matter. Gentlemen. Really? 
Oh yeah, that's uh no, no, it's that there's no relevancy. What is Kroot's uh oh man, I'm afraid to even look up where he's ranked in the light not even the I mean on the fight matrix light heavyweight rankings. No, doesn't matter. All right. Next up, Justin Taffa taking on Parker Porter. I don't care about this fight. Why is it so high up on the main card? I mean, I would have put Jimmy Crude above this one. Ugh. I, I, I guess because top is a known commodity in that part of the world. I but, mean, yeah. we're talking a five and three guy against a thirteen and seven guy. The fourth fight. Oh my god, this is. Uh, except for the main event, this is a pretty horseshit card. Actually, no. The 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 three fights at the top are good. All three oh, three, okay. Three fights at the top are good. I'm waiting. I'm I'm bated breath. They remind me what the other fights are. All right. How many how many fights are in the card total? Um, let's see here. 72. 13. (laughs) All right. Uh, Eugene, do you care? I don't care. All right. Now we're at the last three fights on the card, and all three of them are cares. They are all freaking good. We got Randy. I'll be the judge of that. Okay, you be the judge of your side. I'm carrying all three. All right. right. uh, Here we go. Randy Brown taking on Jack Della Maddalena. Burn burner in effect. I'm taking Jack Della Maddalena. I don't think that Randy Brown is well-rounded enough to be able to take everything that Jack Della Maddalena is going to bring him, specifically them hands. So I am, because I think Jack Della Maddalena has got a um, future champ written on him. So I'm going to take Della Maddalena. Gentlemen? I'm, I, I 100% agree with you. Okay. Della Maddalena. He's the... Uh, it's a it's a quality fight. I forgot this fight was on this card, tell you the truth. So, yeah. but right. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I've been disappointed enough by Randy Brown to actually. Uh, the, 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 I don't want to say the name because that you're gonna make an association. But I'm feeling Neil magnified when I start to feel just oh you know almost kind of when I hear Randy Brown's name. So I'm gonna have to pick Madalena, Madam Madalena. Brown has actually done pretty well, but he's not when I picked him. Actually, he's done well when you've picked him. You've only picked him twice, and both times he won. Really? Yeah, I have what, a little what did, book. What did he lose to? I, I have a little book here that I keep notes on, and yeah, you've picked him twice, and both times he won. So the people that he lost to were Vicente Luque, who you picked, and okay, um, that's. Uh, um, Probably Bilal Muhammad, but I don't think you were picking him back then. He's only lost once since you've been picking him. But you've picked him a few times, and every time you've picked him, he won. So I don't know where you're getting that because he's only huh. all right. Let me tell you, he's, he, and he's confusing him with the musician Randy Brown. You know yeah. the R and B guy. Remember that guy? Yeah, because we, yeah, we, Randy we, Brown, we are, all right. Listen, we got to be doing guys, it, guys. Listen, please, God, y'all are like herding cats today. Listen to me. Oh no, that's you. Okay, so in his last seven fights, he's only lost once to Vicente Luque. He's a lot better than you think he is. The problem is, is he's not getting knockouts anymore. That's what you're seeing, what you're thinking about. But his last three have either been unanimous or splits. And I think that's what Eugene is remembering. That's right. That's right, right. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a kind of the, what I call the Sorrell method. Like, yeah. I told you, all oh, this guy's going to be great. 
And then he fights to a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not changing And it seems like he struggles, too. Like, he struggled with Francisco Trinaldo. He definitely struggled with Chaos Williams. And Jared Gooden gave him a really tough fight, too. These are guys he should be blowing right through. And he's not. Yep. But Jack Della De Maddalena is blowing through everyone he's supposed to blow through. I mean, this yep. guy is just mowing them down. He hasn't yeah. lost since 2016. Yeah, yeah, he's on an eleven fight win streak. That so, reminds me of me. And and check this out. All right, his <laughs> his wins he beat Danny Roberts and Ramzan Emiev and Pete Rodriguez. But the Emiev fight was the big win, and he he won that one with a a liver punch KO. And his, his ah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, this guy's on a serious like finishing streak too. So yeah, 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 future champ for sure. All right, so I yeah. assume we're all Jack Della Madalena. Now we get to the co-main event: Yair Rodriguez taking on Josh Emmett. Another fantastic fight. I'm gonna take Rodriguez, even though Emmett's got all that good wrestling. Rodriguez has so much dynamic qualities to him. I mean, God, he can do just about anything from anywhere. And he, there's not a whole lot of quit in this guy either. So I'm taking year. He can he can throw a backwards upside down elbow on, intentionally and knock someone out. That's yeah. impressive. So yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I I'm not. Uh, yeah, Emmett's highly ranked. He beat some good guys, but I'm just not sold on that guy. I just he doesn't. I just looks like a guy who doesn't have the athleticism you'd expect for a top uh, fighter. In but that, he does. You know, in that, he, he has it. Does. I don't know. I don't. I'm not 100 buying that he does. So, anyways, I'm going with Yair Rodriguez. He does. It's just it's always a, a super grind for him. But he's only fighting the guys at the top, which makes it so much more difficult. I mean, this is your dream fighter right here, John. You always want to see guys that are fighting the ones at the top. He's the guy. Here he yeah, is. Yeah, I'm going to pick Emmett. Yeah, he's. This is number two and number three. I mean, and whoever is winning this, is winning the interim belt. So it's massively important. Eugene is taking Emmett. Emmett's an angry, angry man. And he's team old guy. So you you should probably like him for that too. So John and I are taking Rodriguez. Eugene is taking Emmett. We get to the main event. Islam Makachev taking on Alexander Volkanovsky. I love Alexander's spark and his willingness to put it all on the line like this and challenge himself sorry i gotta take makachev i think that he's just gonna be too much yeah size matters there's a reason there's weight divisions i I mean i i put volkanovsky to me is the pound for pound best right now the way he blows through people at the level Mm -hmm. being holloway does but but makachev there's weight that's a big jump up from he's going up 10 pounds so he's going up like eight percent of his body weight that's yeah. That's gonna be asking too much for him. I got a feeling. Yeah, John uh, Eugene. I don't know. I'm I'm at that part like at the you know where I've got like a little bit of head of steam at the at the table, and then <laughs> you look you you're looking at your last eight hundred dollars, and you're like, screw it, eight hundred on red, and then and then and then you know then you know they they cue the clown music and you go home in a barrel. Um, Wondering I, how you're gonna tell the kids about their college fund <laughs> man that's not even funny i met a tow truck driver who that happened to father had a gambling addiction lost everything so oh. I, I i don't 
I don't know. I, uh, I, uh, boy, I really, really want to pick. After years of like being down on Volkanovski, I really want to, I really want to pick him. But for example, that uh, guillotine that he got caught in, I can't remember who got him in it. And the, uh, again, uh, Ortega, right? Ortega, and, and he managed to, yeah. he got out of it. I mean, and it would happen twice in that fight too. Yeah, if if that was, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that happening with uh, Makachev, right? So. So I'm going to, my heart will be with Volkanovsky, but I'm going to have to pick, I'm going to have, I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to risk my $800 and go home in a barrel. So I'm going to pick Islam. You should pick Islam. He's going to win. That's the okay, thing. Well, we'll he, he, I, I'm with you. I am definitely uh, pulling for Volkanovsky, but Makachev's going to win. That's the, that's the long and the short of it. And if Volkanovsky pulls this off, he will be the the undisputed goat in my eyes. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, my right. goodness, if he can pull that off, that's it. That's a feat. Yeah, it, yeah, that'll be a. It, it's like, oh yeah, McGregor did it before, and other guys. But unlike McGregor, Eddie Alvarez was a great fighter historically, but he didn't meet Eddie Alvarez. Even though he held the UFC title, he didn't meet the Eddie Alvarez that he was at when he was at his peak. Right. This is this is Volkanovski beating a guy that's amazing in Holloway. You know, at that time, I mean, McGregor beat Aldo, but again, Aldo was he beat Aldo at the end of his run, mm -hmm. and now he's moving up and beating a guy kind of who looks like he's in his peak at light at lightweight. So it's a, it's a different category, and especially if Volkanovski can win and then and then actually defend it and do something with that title. Yeah, that'd be that'd be insane. And and the insane. thing is, is Volkanovski will do that. You never have to worry about it. The dude is chomping at the bit every day to fight. If you would allow this guy to fight every other weekend, he probably would. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, well. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are begging to fight Makachev, to go up a weight class to fight Makachev. It just doesn't work that way. You see anybody else calling him out? I haven't. Yeah, right. That's right. Well, I just uh, I, I'm happy he got a new contract. He's getting a little more money because he's going to be generating all the revenue in Australia. This thing will probably sell well in Australia. We'll do decent ticket sales and all based on the back of him. So, so but it he's... won't be it won't be a pay per view success, will it? No, I'm, in Australia, I think in the U.S. it won't. But in Australia, I bet it sells a hundred thousand pay per views. But in Australia, don't they get everything much cheaper? Well, they, they charge the same price we do here, basically, except the dollars, you know, their dollars weaker than ours. So it's about uh, where ours, it's it's about three quarters the price. So it's still pretty, it's like over $50 US. Yeah, mm. wow. Or $40 at least minimum, $40, $45 minimum. The, the most contracts too, if you get pay-per-view points, most contracts say, his might be different, but they have a rule that the, the conversion rate for that pay-per-view has to be $40 or more before it counts to pay-per-view buys. So you, you don't get a, you don't get your pay-per-view points if it's too cheap a pay-per-view. Wow. I See, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that we're looking at a pay-per-view with a title unification possibly on the line if Volkanovski wins. I don't think Makachev will be claiming Volkanovski's belt. Here we have this card with that kind of a fight, with the top three fights being what they are, because the top three fights are very, very good. With those fights being what they are, the most cares we have on this is you and, and Eugene having four 
That's it. Wow. And that's only because you guys had this soft heart to, to pick Loma Lukbunmi, who is not even ranked right now. Yeah, she's not big. I, normally, I wouldn't pick her, but I, I, I was I, I was very heartened when she had her uh, Bolsonaro comments. It was yeah. like, oh, finally, someone on is not a yeah. nut job from Brazil. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and speaking to that, I mean, this card is very, very weak. And I would imagine that the pay-per-view only does well over there. It's not going to do Iron Man numbers. It's not it, going to do anything. It's not going to do crap, but they don't care. They got their guaranteed money from ESPN. So they'll get that. Then they'll get bonus money because it's going to get, they're going to get money from the tourism board in Australia, plus the mm. ticket sales. It'll do good gate and they'll sell a hundred, hundred thousand pay-per-views, which is another, you know, couple, several million. Oh, plus the bar, bars are big in Australia. So it's probably going to be like four million in pay-per-view revenue with the bars and the, the sales there. So you're, yeah, so it's, it's, It'll be a very modest, a, a pretty successful pay-per-view, all things considered, when it's done. There's been a lot of complaining about it uh, on the part of the, the fighters, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And then you would uh, they have, have they haven't enjoyed, they, they haven't enjoyed the press run-up, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. The UFC's putting no effort into this one because they got they got they got their they got more bigger priorities with the slap league. They got to get that thing yeah. going. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the effort is all in Australia. I don't think there's there's any effort being put in America for this because they're just going to, they're going to collect their guaranteed contractual revenue from all their sources. And Australia is the only place where they have variables that they're going to try to push and, and make it bigger there. Yeah. And so yeah. John, real quick, we, we had discussed um, at the beginning Bellator's dismal numbers. The, what is Bellator looking at looking like right now, as far as, um, marketability and profitability. I mean, a, a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe Bellator's for sales, et cetera, et cetera. Does it look more and more like that now? Well, I mean, I hear rumors about the sale and stuff, but I think they've been for sale. They've been for sale for a decade, basically, you know, forever. They're always looking to anybody that wants to take it off their hands, they'll get rid of it, but they want a, a price that's much higher than most people would pay. Uh, I, I saw I, there's some rumors that, yeah, there's some serious, there's been some serious interest recently, but I think that's fallen aside, but Bellator, it's hard to gauge their actual profitability because they're not a separate company from Viacom. So Viacom can rack up expenses. You know, they can, they can pay them less, let's say for their TV license fee that they, then they could get on the open market because they, they can, they don't have to worry about paying more because they control how much they pay Bellator. And they could even say, hey, we might want losses from Bellator because we can write off those losses. So it's really, the one time we got a better sense of their value, I guess, or their true ec- economics was when they went to the zone because now they're licensing into a separate entity they don't own. And at that, they were charging like $35 million a year for the, um, which is probably higher than they normally could get, but $35 million a year for the TV rights. And and that's when we saw they were making, they were, they were, estimating they're going to make before the pandemic hit like 80 million a year so it's again it's really hard to say what they're what they're what they're doing it's i don't think the showtime i mean showtime's kind of a good spot for them because it's a subscriber now it's being merged to paramount i guess that's the big question because we don't know what's going to happen with the paramount showtime I, i'm hearing both you're getting both signs right now that one that they're going to keep combat sports and two that maybe that's on the chopping block so who knows i mean with uh, with the numbers from last night, they were pretty dismal. They didn't even break a million. 928,000 was what they did on CBS proper in the middle of yeah. a winter storm when most people and most people were home. 
Do we have a do we have a peak number at all? That'd be interesting to see what the peak number is. But uh, um, well, what yeah, I got I, is Jedi Goodman put out Fast Nationals Bellator two ninety on CBS averaged 928,000 viewers, 0.15 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Final figures out uh, on Tuesday. Um, It says that that figure only included 9 to 11 p.m. Uh, It says that 10 p.m. did better than 9 p.m. Okay. Well, that's I, I get the I I talked about yesterday. And I got I got hit a bit a little bit. The the card was not an impressive lineup, and that's the problem. Every promotion outside the UFC has is that ex- now, except for the fact that Nate Diaz and Ngannou are now entered the market, is that there's not really big marketable fights and fighters outside the UFC anymore. I mean, Fader Millionenko is well known to us as fans, but he doesn't have the cachet of being the number one fighter in the world. You can't, when he was fighting Brett Rogers, that was a big deal because this was the number one ranked heavyweight in the world defending his belt on TV against a top 10 fighter. That, that was not what happened last night. That's a dark, that's a dark star. If I ever heard one dude who went to prison, right? Oh yeah. And the stuff he did when he's at prison and in jail. Phew. I got some serious issues. Yeah. Well, well I, right. I know what he did. I know what he did to get to get to prison. I actually interviewed him at one point. Uh, it, it had no idea. But what happened when he got to prison? Well, he got. I mean, he was charged a couple times. Besides the terrible spousal abuses, he got charged with uh, basically molesting a man in jail and molesting a guy in an elevator. Oh man, that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there we this the show took a very dark turn. We did have some names. We did have some names on on last night's show though because let, let me read to you some of the fights. You had uh Ryan Bader versus Fedor Emelianenko. Okay, co-main event even though Johnny Eblen is a badass, uh that doesn't have name value because it was Johnny no. Eblen defeating Anatoly Tokov. So you can scratch that. But we did have Brennan Ward defeating Saba Homasi. Both of those names, Brennan Ward being the bigger one, but both of those names are established for Bellator. No, but those, I mean, the public, those are not names that capture I, I, the public's I realize, imagination. I realize that, what, what you're saying, but for for the 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 in-between hardcore and, ca- and casual, you have that little subset. I, I think that this card might have hit that subset, but definitely not the casuals like you're talking about. There was no name value for the casuals. You're right. Yeah, the, you, you need the the card, the old CBS cards. You'd have a big main event like Fader versus Bet Rogers, or even even though it didn't do as well, Jake Shields versus Dan Henderson, where people were kind of aware what was at stake. And then you'd have some fighters on the undercard. Remember these the Kimbo they used to have Gina Carano, people that would that or you know King Mo versus Musasi was a known commodity and mm-hmm. stuff. So you'd have these undercard fights that would. They could build up to the main event, and I didn't. They didn't have that for. Yeah. They just don't. They, they just, and that's not the Reagan Belter. That's just not available in this climate right now. Yeah, though I think that the only other name on here that you could really well, there's two. You had Lawrence Larkin, but he was fighting someone that nobody knows who they are, and then you had Henry uh, Corrales defeating Ahmed Magomedov. Now we don't know who Ahmed Magomedov is, but the 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 sheer cachet of the last name being a Magomedov, not even a Nur Magomedov, might have might like uh, click something in the memory banks for people. But still, this this card just. So what really hurt was when Nemkov versus Yoel Romero got taken off. I mean that did. I mean, it wouldn't I don't think it 
that's not going to draw gangbusters, but you could see that adding to the viewership that because yeah. people like, oh, Nemkov's the guy they're talking about is one of the top light heavyweights, maybe the number one. And and we know who Yoel Romero is for an MMA fan. For sure. Yep. So anyways, there's our Bellator conversation. Um, we are going to wrap up the show a little bit early today. The gents have some stuff going on. Um, yeah, Eugene's um, got to finish his car wash. Hang on. I'm a I'm a pro. You're a pro. And because you're a pro, I'm going to let you go first today and tell everybody what you got going on. Well, I got I got the uh, Look What You Made Me Do, the Eugene S. Robinson sub, uh, Substack, which is doing is doing pretty well. I, I don't know on the occasion of what, but the, there's been some weird pickup. Uh, uh, I, I think somebody reviewed something in another publication. So that tends to, tends to drive stuff. I got the show Stomper uh, this past Friday. Uh, you film buffs will appreciate I'm going to talk more about this on the show stomper, how incredibly stupid I was on Friday night. I did this SF sketch fest where we recreated the music from Repo Man. And uh, I'm backstage. Some guy comes up to me and he's like, man, that was great. You did a great job. And we're, you know, shooting the shit and we're just having a great old time. And I go, man, that guy was pretty nice. I like, I, I should have got his name. And I get home the next day and I'm looking through the, uh, the uh, the uh, the guide, the show guide, and I was talking to Ash, Bruce Campbell. <gasps> Twenty minutes. I'm a huge fan. Didn't realize it. Not at all. Not even a glimmer. Nothing. Got nothing. Uh, I, I'm still kicking myself savagely for this. And uh, if you were an Evil Dead fan, you know that you know my pain at this point. I cannot believe I did that. So I, I'm I'm gonna um, kick you too. Hey, yeah, Eugene, next he is on yeah. Twitter. He is on Twitter. His his handle is at Groovy Bruce. I've been following him for a long time. I love him. All right. Well, I, I got a picture with him and everything. It's like, uh, uh, how do I even play this off? Like, hey, uh, I knew who you were, but I just did it. Yeah, I mean, I blew it. Whatever. Whatever. But it was a great show, and uh, and I'll be talking about that on the show Stomper as well. So uh, check it out Monday, uh, Monday at 1230 lunchtime for all you working stiff still uh, bad boss brief. And it's a killer. It's a killer. I can tell you that. John. Well, I'm, I'm going to spend the week kicking Eugene for not recognizing Bruce Campbell. So that'll be, I'm going <laughs> to go all the way up to the Bay Area and do it personally. Come on. Yeah, I, I deserve it. I deserve I'm, it. I'm still depressed. They canceled Ash versus the Evil Dead. That I was a great that show. show. It was, was awesome. It was that was hilarious. That yes. show. Anyways, uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at Hey Not the Face. Uh, I have uh, I got I don't know. I might have some articles coming out. There's uh, the, the situation bloody elbow and box. So there's it's questionable right now. So we're I'm talking to some people. But anyways, might have some articles. But we are planning I think to record a new Hey Not a new Hey Not the Face podcast should be out soon too. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I got that. All right. So there you have it, folks. My guy's got stuff coming out for you. Eugene's over here forgetting who Bruce Campbell is. And we, we are out of here until next week. So until then, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. 
Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Bivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>